look, that's an eyeball. He's holding an eyeball. That's Seven's eyeball. No. <laughs> Captain Fox, Stardate 61-2023.1. Welcome aboard Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she violates the Temporal Prime Directive every time she blinks. Blink, it's blink, Ambassador blink, Danae. Blink, 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 blink. You see, that was like blink, a, that was a butterfly blink. effect thing, because the, the air displaced by your blinking eyelids yeah. is causing ripples. Hey, listen, these fake eyelashes were expensive. I will blink them as much as I possibly can. Also, I'm not wearing fake eyelashes. And speaking of not wearing fake eyelashes, we have a special guest with us this week. It is That was an awesome segue. That was great. 10 out of 10 for segues. Um, It's fellow cinema sins writer Daniel Cardoso. Hello. How do you know I'm not wearing fake eyelashes? Oh, that was very presumptuous of me. I, I do pride myself on being able to tell. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Are no, you, are you wearing... Know. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> I'm keeping that secret to myself. What if your entire beard was just all <laughs> fake <sorry>. eyelashes? <laughs> oh, just... man. I was getting... <laughs> Not even that it's fake. It's just, it's just eyelashes. eyelashes. <laughs> the upkeep. <laughs> the maintenance. I mean, it's worth it. It looks glorious. But the wow. maintenance is unreal. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment. That's amazing. So we have um, we have Daniel on the show. I think you are the only one of the team, other than Jerry, Chris, other than Chris, other and than Jerry, Jerry Chris. Chris. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then Jerry Chris, um, other than Chris, who has not been on to discuss something that they want to talk about. So it was only fair to pop you into whatever seat we have free on the bridge. And what episode have you picked to um, for us to talk about this week? And what's your chair? Because I want to know yes, where you're sitting the most on the bridge. Question. Yeah. Yes. Like which one are you which, choosing? Which position? Yeah. Which position of the bridge are you sitting in? Ooh. I mean, I think it would depend on which ship, but I think the helm. Like, mm. if it's got the TNG style two seat, two drivers yeah. with the swivel, I want to just slide into one of those and be right up in front. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. You've got to get the best view there, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're usually like the first person also to like die if you're not a main character. But like, yes, <laughs> other than that, like you, you, you get like you get the whole view screen. Like when like yeah, you're having you those really cool conversations with alien races, they're just yes. they're, like you don't have to say anything. You just have to stand, sit there and just watch. <laughs> it is amazing. Like they, they Picard will have some of the most intense conversations. And if you do look at the extras, that are just sat there at the console. They're just booping away, and I'm like, they're talking about blowing up the ship. What are you doing? Are you like doing some maintenance? Like, are you playing solitaire? That person yeah. was playing Gallagher. <laughs> he didn't think we'd notice. I was like, how are you not more panicked right now? There's got to be like at least one clip where someone's just like, <laughs> just like, that's like a, huh? yeah. especially with Riker constantly leaning over them. I feel like that happened in the Orville when I watched the Orville, the two guys that are kind of at the helm and then they're like listening to the captain and mm-hmm. first officer argue and they would just sort of give each other the side eye and they had a lot of character and they are the forefront of the of the shot. Yeah. So we could focus on them, but a lot of times in TNG and that they kind of fade into the background, even though they're in the foreground. It's really, mm-hmm. that's actually a talent when you think about it. Oh, it is. Not acting is, <laughs> is as much of a talent as, as <laughs> acting in those situations. Yep. That's amazing. And your episode of choice, sir? It is uh, episode six from season five of Star Trek Voyager, uh, titled Timeless. 
I love this one so much. Danae, when was the last time that you watched Voyager? Voyager. Okay. So it was when it came out, when it originally aired. Uh-huh. So that would have been only a couple of years ago since, oh, you know, mm-hmm. we yeah. don't age at all anymore. It ran 1994 to 2001, I think. So when it first came out, I because I remember when TNG went off the air and I remember when Voyager started and there was a female captain and that was interesting mm. and she had such a different sort of like vibe than Picard in a way and I wasn't quite sure like how to relate to her because I was mm. younger. So she was more of a mom <laughs> than she was. Oh, for real. Yeah, you know, like, absolutely. A, like a heroine for me. Yeah. But I uh, I really enjoyed some of the other characters on the show quite a lot so i think i watched probably the first season and then i haven't seen anything since i have no idea how any of it goes so this is going to be interesting because i'll re- i'll recognize the characters but i won't recognize any of the storylines at all like i don't that's interesting I, I remember that they were far far away and mm-hmm, yep. i remember mostly just the character like personality types the the doctor is one of my favorites. I, Neelix was really interesting to me. Um, and Hated then, by fans. Really? In general, Neelix has a bad rap. I love him. I think he's Ethan Phillips is incredible, but he was not. He was not a fan favorite at the time. But do you know why? Um, it was kind of like the Wesley thing. He was a bit too try hard and a bit too over. Well, first of all, he's an absolute creep with Kess. In like. <laughs> The, to begin, I think that was a bad start. <laughs> his 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 evolution post Kess was much much better. To b- b- to begin with, he they didn't really know what to do with with Neelix. Okay, I do remember that there was a young person named Kess. Now, mm-hmm. very young, three years old, in fact. What? Wait, what? <laughs> so, but, yeah, they, they age differently. So the accompans, um mature at like six months. Uh, but they only live like nine years. Okay. What an interesting thing to yeah. make people think about <laughs> Star Trek. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can now understand maybe a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what was like the nature of their relationship again? I... They were together. They were? Okay. And then they broke up because he got very possessive. Um, and she's like, look, I live for nine years. I'm not going to spend them all with you. <laughs> like, was was essentially the breakdown because like, he got they're... like super jealous and possessive. Wasn't there like a thing with like Tom Paris or something? Yep. It was like a love triangle or Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that was a that was a strange part of that. <laughs> that was a lot of season one and season two was that love triangle and okay. it was annoying as balls. But they like they, they moved like Voyager found found its beard in season three slash four. Like oh, a lot of Star Trek. I just remember another character. Is mm. it Chakotay? Yeah, Chakotay. Wow, I pulled that nicely. Out of, I don't done. even know where that came from. He well, I mean, was Trek, really interesting. I liked him. He's man, Voyager's problematic. He's really, really interesting. He is excellent. Um, so he was the first Native American inspired character on the show. Um, however, the advisor that they employed to make sure that they were accurate has since been allegedly and I think proved to be a complete fraud. Like has no Native American, very like no Native wow. American background. Made it all up. Swindled them for all of the money. <gasps> So, no, does that mean that the character itself suffered in Voyager because yes. of getting bad information? Yeah, I mean, 
It's so hard. It's so true. I'm not one to comment on it because okay. I don't know what is correct from right. wrong. But they didn't get it right. Is what I'm is what I'm going to land on. But he's still okay. a beloved character, right? Because Robert Beltran is a great actor. Oh, and then I remember the female Klingon, Belana. Yeah, she was also very interesting to me. She's Imagine incredible. that she was my favorite character. Well, they were both they were both like the Maquis, right? Correct. Yes. Oh, so they yeah. Were... What was that? That that sounds familiar. Explain that, Daniel. The, they were essentially like a uh, sort of like rebel group. Um, I, I, I think in the beginning, like they were being treated as like terrorists, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And like they, I forget what the, their like cause was, but like they were uh, kind of doing like run and gun kind of guerrilla warfare sort of kind of different missions and things. I don't remember what like the, the reasoning was, but they were uh, basically wanted criminals Whoa. by the Federation. So. How did they get on the ship? So they'll seem familiar to you, Danae, because when we've watched Deep Space Nine, the McKee have been mentioned because they fight against the Cardassians and the Cardassians are the ones that have like subjugated Bajor. Um, and because the basically the Federation wouldn't step in, the McKee is like a group of like rebellious Bajorans, um, some humans, a mix of people that basically, yeah, they fight dirty and they use guerrilla tactics to try and teach the Cardassians a lesson. Um, a ship of... A really quick brief thing about Voyager. A ship of McKee get chucked into the Delta Quadrant at the same time as Voyager, but their ship is destroyed, so the crews have to merge. Oh, that was one of the okay. most interesting things, was this merger of a Federation crew and a McKee crew. And Chakotay okay, was their leader. Right. So they, when the first officer dies, he... Becomes, becomes first officer because he had the most experience and that makes sense because I remember there being tension but I couldn't remember why so yeah. now we're going into season six so uh -huh. what an interesting <laughs> thing to drop into because I'm like you said there's been a lot there was a lot of stuff that was going on in season one and two that was maybe resolved personality wise mm. and then here we are in season six yeah that I think is some of their um like failings was that like they didn't bring some of that stuff like some of the stuff that was really interesting from the first couple of seasons that could have been interesting to like keep playing with as it goes down the line like they just kind of like like you kind of almost forget that those characters weren't in Starfleet at the beginning of the show oh yeah it gets they refer back to it in a couple of episodes at this point but at by this time the McKee have been wiped out and they kind of forget that all of their crimes have been forgiven and they kind of forget every, every, they don't mention it at all there is no conflict anymore so considering it's such an overarching story voyager had a great one episode memory despite <laughs> yeah. all being like we're going home <laughs> but we don't know what we did last week oh no yeah. It's really, really, really interesting. Well, um, I'm excited to see it again. Like I said, it's been a very, mm. very long time for me, so this will be this will be interesting. Yeah, this is this is a great episode. I actually, I don't without any spoilers, Daniel. Why why did you pick this one for us to watch? That's a hard. That's hard to do without any spoilers. Um, mm. I can take my headphones off. <laughs> it's a little out of the box, and it's very interesting. There's a lot of like. I think there's a like a lot of the concepts that I think science fiction plays with like like a like really hard like nowadays like this episode kind of does that but it like does mm -hmm. it before they were it people were really doing it and uh, yeah and it's it's not it's so it's not a very like it's not like a traditional no, like everybody the whole crew on board sort of trying to solve a problem episode either so that okay. that makes it interesting it's a really unique one it's a great pick if I was going to pick one episode. It probably it probably would be this one. The only 
the only thing missing is like maybe the context from the surrounding series but i don't think you need a lot of that for this episode you just need to know voyager is trying to get home which that's the whole that's the I whole would hope everybody show would know right? that. Yeah, okay exactly <laughs> okay i think so, some of the best yeah. episodes focus on that on that simple concept of of like it it gets away from like the side quests and it's just like like we want to we want to go home now like we've been <laughs> out here for Fuck years that nebula. <laughs> We don't have there's... to go investigate that nebula. Let's just go back. Yeah. There's a simulation at one point where a holographic Chakotay is like, we're done investigating nebulas and space phenomenon. We're going to get home. And I'm like, wait, he's meant to be the bad guy, but he's making a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes they get prepared to, like, commit some war crimes and things. Like, uh-huh. they cross some moral lines in whenever that comes mm-hmm. up, which is, is really interesting. That's interesting. I, I wish they'd done more of that. I wish they'd pushed Janeway more <laughs> and made her make she made some fucked up decisions but I would have loved to see more um well with that I love that little mini introduction to Voyager let's head over to the holodeck watch the episode and we'll see you guys in 10 forward for a full debrief three to beam out Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first, and guest first, Daniel, what would you like from the replicator, sir? Uh, I guess I'll have a Romulan ale. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Technically illegal, but it is allowed on this ship because we are in, I think we're in like that area of space where you have like diplomatic immunity or like it's international waters <laughs> but that's where i park this enterprise for the show danae what would you like man uh, there was a moment in this episode where captain janeway was making a meal and i wish i could remember what it was called but oh, it was a vegetable I, biryani yeah <laughs> i've seen this episode too many times i'd like a vegetable biryani please nice the- in a glass that <laughs> is. drink that you have told me <laughs> on so many occasions that i can have whatever i want from the replicator and it's then i was like joke. well i thought it was supposed to be a drink and you were like it can be anything and then i switched over to anything and you said it had to be a drink and now i just mm-hmm. think that you're being a dick every episode mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i want a biryani i want nice. it i want it like amazing plop out of the mm-hmm. replicator yeah. you know like just kind of like folds down onto the plate mm-hmm. that's what i want what it was janeway's homemade vegetable biryani so it's it was it's not even replicated so you completely failed all right well then i want janeway's replicated biryani bits and then i'll just try to make it myself (laughs) we're gonna end that with bitch (laughs) i want a homemade biryani bitch (laughs) (laughs) amazing well i would like the tiniest 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 amount of water or vodka that she poured for Chakotay. Like, she poured the tiniest Ooh. amount. I've never noticed this. Like, he like says something shocking, and she stops and never continues filling up that glass. She's like, fuck you, dude. That's, the, that's all the gin that you get with your dinner. And she pours, like, half a pint. So, yes, that's, that's what I would like. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, this week, we are covering my, I think... This is my favourite or second favourite uh, episode of Star Trek Voyager, as suggested by uh, Daniel. It's timeless. Uh, the surviving crew members of the USS Voyager, Chakotay and Harry Kim, have made their way back to the Alpha Quadrant, but at the terrible cost of the lives of their crewmates. Fifteen years later, they find Voyager in an attempt to change the past by sending a message through time. That was good. That was really okay. good. Okay. 
I'm conflicted about which way to go first. I think we're going to do Danae's initial thoughts and feelings, having never seen this and haven't, like, having not seen Voyager in, like, we're going to say decades? Like, we're mm-hmm. going to say, like, 20 years. I mean, um, I'm not that old, but yeah. about this episode? <laughs> I, I, I am, a, actually, I am, I'm, I'm very old. I was born in the 1400s. You can, so. you can... Use yeah. plural for decades. I'm, I am, and it yeah. still just be two. I enjoyed this episode, but mm. I found myself thinking about why we're okay with this episode a lot. Oh, hundred percent. You know, like <laughs> I think it's the single sinniest episode of Star Trek we've watched to date. I, I feel like if I was watching all of Voyager from the beginning to the end, and and like mm-hmm. just binging it or watching it when it came out or whatever, I feel like. I would be super excited about this episode. Having been plopped Mm -hmm. into this episode after having not seen it in so long, I was like, wow, we're just, we're just okay with doing all kinds of really (laughs) sketchy stuff, aren't we? (laughs) But I think I, I I think I enjoyed it for what I feel like it did for this series. Cause it, Mm -hmm. it, it moved their whole purpose forward a bit without answering the big questions questions of the show like the show is all Mm -hmm. about going back home and this sort of like hits on that while not hitting on it at the same time so it's like it it's Mm -hmm. getting to the point without getting to the point so i feel like it did it did some interesting stuff but um if if you were going to ask me to um recap this episode i think i would just say in this episode we see what seven of nine looks like without anything on and that's really not okay (laughs) what they did to seven of nine is not okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, it took me a minute as well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was an incredible moment in the show because D- Danae had like several layers of, of realization. The doctor has been holding this thing for like four yeah. scenes now. Yeah. And towards the end of the episode, Danae is like, oh, oh, that's an eyeball. He's holding an eyeball. That's Seven's eyeball. No. <laughs> It was so, so good. Just like the little dominoes falling of, of what was happening. Uh, it is great how casual he can have a, a conversation while holding his his best friend's skull. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is there's some messed up stuff that this episode decides to, to do, you know, mm. in the name of undoing a mistake. But there is, I, I don't know, maybe we can get into it more, but I just feel like sometimes there's bravery and like living with your mistake too. And this episode doesn't want to do that. It doesn't want to, let there be a mistake oh, no. um yeah. Yeah. understandably so because everybody is dead if that's the case yeah. uh and obviously they're not ready to make that decision as a tv show but yeah dropping into it was really strange um mm. i liked i liked the acting in it i thought that there it kind of asked probably a lot more from characters we didn't get to see a lot of dimension from but i don't know because i didn't i haven't watched it in a long time but it felt no, like you picked it kind up of on that really well yeah put some people in the forefront that kind of needed to have their moment and this was like their really strong attempt at that moment. Especially Harry. Like he gets, mm-hmm. this is probably the most we get to see him do. Um, so now that we can get into spoilers, Daniel, why, why is this your favorite episode of Voyager? What do you love about it? Why um, why did you think it would be a good way to get Danae back into Voyager? <laughs> Which is not, that was not the mission statement at all. It was just, hey, what's your favorite episode? I think the, the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking the episode was the uh, Jordy LaForge cameo as mm. captain of his own ship, which is like so a whole cool. different show that we, I, I would just would have liked to have seen. Oh, um, so like goodness. that was, that was a, a big piece of it. Star Trek challenger. 
yeah. with LeVar Burton would have been incredible. Even like thinking about it, like there's a whole there's a whole part of this episode where where he fails his mission. <laughs> like entirely. We, we don't see that side of it, but like he he really he botches the job and like all of reality <laughs> has changed. <laughs> This is like this. If Picard was in charge, this wouldn't have happened. Like anybody wondered if you have a different captain of the Enterprise. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. He should have blown them up immediately. So there's there's so much of that. There's like so much like uh, pieces that like you don't see that uh, I think things that are alluded to that are that are uh, really interesting. And I think uh, like that just like the the scene where they have Voyager crashing is a cool VFX thing. Uh, so oh, like, like that was so good. and like seeing it in the ice and like well, just where it starts is is a really cool place of like where like what happened and like sort of how they're gonna get out of this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, to what uh, Danae was saying is like yeah, there's definitely is like a weird uh, like the the tonality of the show. It stays very Voyager, like it's very mm-hmm. Star Trek Voyager, but it like it it definitely misses the mark in and sort of like the conveying how anybody should feel about like any given moment. Um, I, th- I think like, I think Harry is the only one that really like is different mm. compared to his character in the, um... he's a broken man now. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting that he had, he was very desperate and they didn't care if they died trying to get their 150 crew members saved. And that's an interesting idea but you know laforge is he's like yeah but we're talking about 15 years of progress that we've made how about how about all of the people that were born in the last 15 years that are no mm-hmm. longer going to be in existence because you want to save 150 people and i think that anyone who watches this episode and is like this was totally justified i i might not agree with you on that like let him let him let him die percent. <laughs> you, know? like, you just because you don't know any better like the Okay, so there are lives that are now going to be born that maybe weren't born, but it's no one person can make that judgment call about which timeline is correct, which one should be real. What if this leads to the Borg taking over the Alpha Quadrant because something happens in the Delta Quadrant with Voyager? Just anything, anything can go wrong, but he is just driven by his guilt. And Harry was the, for me, was the perfect choice for this person to be in the driving seat because. He was throughout all seven seasons the most optimistic, the most positive, the most driven to get home. The one that just doesn't give up hope pretty much at all and is almost obnoxiously optimistic about their chances of getting home. And for him to be the one that fucks it in the pooch so hard <laughs> and kills everyone, and then is then it makes sense that he's then dedicated to the next 15 years becomes like the Andrew Garfield dark Spider-Man that we never get to see and just breaks all of the rules says fuck this noise this like this timeline cannot exist because of my ego like if this time this timeline yeah. is an exact result of my failures so therefore I'm going to delete it and start again it's so vain with a mask of doing the right thing it's like no this yeah. isn't about rescuing the ship this is about making yourself feel better Kim I could write essays about this episode. It's so good. The only place it doesn't stick to landing is that final scene. Like, if I think, like, if you, oh. if they address it right then, like, right there, and like that conversation between him and Janeway, like, yeah. like maybe we should talk about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right, Harry, you should be in jail right now for the things future you would have done. <laughs> like, like, I'm happy to be alive, but like, 
Like, what did you, you do? You went too far. <laughs> this is <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, this is not good. I mean, that it, we'll get to the sins, but like that message should not exist yeah. for so many for so many reasons. Yeah, yeah, that was a tricky. That was a tricky one for uh-huh. for sure. So we'll just we'll head into some general um, general happy thoughts about the episode before we get into what I could single handedly do as a as a as instance is futile a sinning section. Um, I love this cold open. Hey, see what see what I did there? Is it cold because it's in the ships ships buried in the ice? I love this cold open because you get the reveal of um, Voyager under the ice and. It's up there with like cause and effect where they blow up the Enterprise immediately because like okay I know this isn't the end but anything that does that I think you get one of those a show you get one of those what the fuck how are they going to get out of this really really punchy cold opens a show because if you do it too much it doesn't work and this is definitely Voyager's one for me um do you remember your thoughts Daniel when you th- first saw saw the episode or when you first saw that cold open and was like <gasps> the ship pretty sure that i would have just like been like immediately dialed in and like engaged in like what what the story is going to be like is that the end of of the ship like like is that just like the end of like like how are they (laughs) i mean i I don't think now i know that that's that wouldn't be the case but i'm pretty sure when i was younger i just be like oh like voyager is no more possibly like what Mm -hmm. like what is it a duplicate yeah is it parallel universe like it just for me it just tells me that the next 45 minutes is going to be a good one like there's always there's some filler episodes where you're like oh this is about emotions and kim's gonna get a girlfriend and it turns out to be an alien that's from his past or whatever but i know that this is gonna be like a a batshit good episode um Danae, how quickly did you figure out it was voyager what were your instincts Mm. like because the opening (laughs) of the show is chakotay and kim no it's Chakotay and his girlfriend walking around a frozen Voyager. So when did you get put the pieces together? What did you make it make you think you were in for? Yeah, I put the pieces together when both you and Daniel were like, <laughs> did she get it or did she not get it? And then I was like, oh, what did fair, I miss? that was me. I yeah, did that. Um, I did. That. So uh, there's a couple of things I, uh, that I was thinking when I was start- first starting to watch it. I'm so used to TNG because that's what we've been doing this season that I'm like, mm. We, the, the show starts and I sort of like felt weird and I couldn't realize I was I was trying to figure out why and then I realized mm. it was because there was no Stardate Soto so-and-so blah 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 we're on a mission to a quiet you know ice planet like there was no <laughs> there was no expositional entry and it's just this quiet crunching sounds of snow and and so it drew me in in a really interesting way because it was quiet and it was confusing and the music was kind of tense as well so they're sort of setting this odd scene and then because i just saw the ship i was like oh that's a ship out of the ice and then i started to write down the numbers on the ship and then the intro started and i got really excited about the intro i hadn't seen it in so long um Mm. and my the intro uh is when i missed this that the numbers matched up on the ship i missed that part Mm -hmm. but then whenever you guys were like did she get it i thought oh it's probably it's probably that ship but until until it was Janeway dead on the floor, I wasn't mm. entirely sure, but I didn't recognize the bridge, so I was I wasn't feeling like it was an Enterprise situation. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it, it took me I guess maybe longer than some, but it was pretty quick. Um, I I it's so dark that opening because 
I, I think it's probably only just on this one that I noticed that Tom Paris is also on the yeah, floor. Yeah, the and first just, body there. Yeah. Oh, that's super spooky. Just the first dead body. It's like, hang on, that's where that's where Tom Paris... Oh, no, that's him. He's the icicle. And then Janeway's a little bit more obvious, but... Yeah, um, I I really love the. I can't imagine the amount of time it took to icicle the set of Voyager. Like, oh yeah, man, that's that's wild. Like, they must have brought in so many snow machines. Yeah, some people did some work on that, and then and then to, to and then to put it all back afterwards. Like, there was <laughs> a lot of hours it. went into. <laughs> oh man, it makes that. me wonder. Like, I haven't looked into the behind the scenes of it, but I wonder if they. I wonder if. They must have just done it on the set and just ruined all of the carpet. Like, because water isn't good um, for, like, sets and stuff. So to make the bridge that snowy and that icy, that's a huge undertaking for a few scenes in an episode because we're only really on the icy Voyager for a couple of scenes. Um, but just I anything that redesigns or messes with the, the set, I, I love that stuff. It's got a, I would imagine it's all synthetic something or another like foam yeah yeah some kind of i made a great job of making it look icy it's definitely not when they were walking around on the ice planet it was probably like 80 degrees or 90 degrees Uh in that in that that, that Uh oh yeah just sweating yeah Mm -hmm. they're just breathing in styrofoam they're just breathing plastic into their lungs yeah Mm, beautiful daniel give us something else you loved about the episode well, I think whenever uh, the Doctor is a main character in any of the Voyager mm-hmm. episodes, I is usually really good. It's usually a really good yeah. episode. He just has a, a presence, and that is is not. I mean, it's not as robotic as like like Data, but like is still clearly a synthetic being. Like he he like mm-hmm. has that that fine line where it's like, yeah, I have all these mannerisms of of a normal human. But then he he like it's sort of like it's buried in the dialogue like what he, like what he's saying is just like <laughs> like stop feeling feelings right now essentially yeah. <laughs> move on <laughs> like stop it it's like yeah textbook counseling from a computer yeah um, I was a, I think the doctor in general is a really interesting way to have that data like character but without just retracing the same steps and doing yeah. the same thing over again he was he was fascinating for the whole the whole thing. What else did you love, Ambassador? Oh, um, well, I kind of want to go back a bit too because um, yeah, do it. I there's a few things that I forgot that I loved about the intro to Voyager. Uh, besides mm. the music, there's this uh, oh, so the sound that it makes when they come up through the rings of Saturn or whatever the planet is. The rings yeah, and, and it nice has ring. a little pebbly kind of sound effect. I always really loved that sound effect for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, like, like it's kind symbol? of just hitting the ship. Is it, it's is like a little, like, it's just like a little. Okay. I don't it know sounds why. Sounds like the orchestra could be doing it. Uh, it's as great. Well. The arrangements for this era of Star Trek are so good. Yeah, uh, and visually, like when it goes to the nebula and it changes color as it hits the the different parts of the cloud nebula thing. I always thought that was really beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just forgotten how much I enjoyed the intro, like this. This episode doesn't have a ton of joy in it. I mean, there is a scene that's filled with joy, and I'm going to send the shit out of that in a minute. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was just like all of a sudden I was just kind of flooded back with like, oh, yeah, this is kind of the vibe of this one. Because this is a more serious show. They're like out all on their own. And it's always kind of yeah, felt really intense. Yeah. So 
but there's still some beautiful things to enjoy about mm. uh, about that. Um, I just thought, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was another thing I liked is the intro. That sweeping music is so good. It's such an interesting, interestingly, like it is. It's melancholy, but also still upbeat in its own way. It's it's. I love the theme tune to Voyager. I think it's great. Um, something interesting about this episode. You're gonna like this, Danae. It is technically set in 2400, which is the same year that Picard, the new series, is oh, set. Oh, How strange does that feel? Well, have you seen that... Picard as well, Daniel? Yeah, uh, I have not seen the most recent episode. I mean, the most recent uh, season. Oh, okay, season so two. go yeah. with me here, guys. Mm-hmm. This episode undoes all of Picard because it erased the timeline. <laughs> no, because Picard Ooh. happens in the new timeline oh. that Harry's created. <laughs> So oh, we might be, uh huh. We might in Harry's oh. timeline. We may have. Sorry, in the original timeline, we may still have Romulus. There's no android ban. There's no like shenanigans oh. with the Borg and whatnot. So, so uh, this movie or this movie, wow. this show does a very sinful thing uh-huh. at the end, which I'm sure all of us are going to sin, which is the explanation of any of it, of any of the oh, time of tram, mm-hmm. the, the the time traveliness of it all. But was your the I think the, the sh- this episode wants us to believe that everything that this timeline that the future that doesn't have any of the Voyager crew that it just dissolves and just gets reabsorbed back into the great nebulous of time. That's the idea I think that they want us to take. But yeah, whereas in reality that timeline is should continue continue just okay. with a dead Harry and a dead right. Chakotay and right. a challenger that realizes oh we didn't need to chase after them that doesn't matter. <laughs> In theory, it, the yeah. only way it makes sense is if you have branching timelines. Like, the universe where he killed everybody still happens. He's okay. just created a new one where it didn't happen. Okay, yeah. That's kind of like the more modern approach to... Right, but, but this one doesn't go that way. No. Do, do Have they... Uh, isn't like, not until Discovery, do they ever, like, address, like, multiverse stuff in Star Trek, <laughs> right? That's the first time. Um, yeah. There's, in fact, season four of Discovery that just happened was the first one to acknowledge that the Kelvin universe exists in the wider universe and that it's an offshoot of the prime timeline. I'm watching that right now and I have not got to that part, so that's interesting. Oh, I am so sorry. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. Great job, Ian. It's almost, it's it's a weird thing to mention because it has nothing to do with the overarching story. It's It's a scene that they put in there because they wanted to do it. Like, it doesn't really have a lot of connecting. I think it's quite early in season four. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, interesting, interesting. I guess you could call like the mirror universe stuff is kind of their first foray into like the multiverse things and like ultimate ultimate alternate timelines and whatnot. So yeah, mirror mirror, that's a good way to do it. Um, those episodes of the the evil universes, and they were doing that back in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, but but as uh, Janeway says, don't think about it too much. <laughs> right, I mean, that's the <laughs> that's one that we get through it. too much. Said the writer to the audience. <laughs> yep. um, love it, love it. Um, mm. There was something else I was going to say. Right, sorry. Linked to the the Picard thing, the com badges are the same ones that are used in Picard <gasps> as well. Oh, truly? All they did was strip the they they trimmed the top a little bit, but the rest of it is exactly the same com badge that they use in Picard. That's it's such so a clever cool little design thing. The com badges survived Harry's shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Somehow, some some way that the future still exists, or the future of this shows the, our future. The guy that the guy the, that designed that combat still exists. He he made it somehow. Yeah, he made it through all the shenanigans. 
I don't um, know if this happens in, in uh, what's it called in uh, Picard yet, but mm-hmm. uh, Jordy hasn't showed up in the in that that in the no, yeah. most recent. Okay, it was like, no. what if he shows up and he's just like something weird happened? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I get a weird feeling I should be on the challenger. Yeah. Um, Guys, just for some reason I'm not. Is that the best part of this episode? That was uh, yes. seeing Jordy LaForge oh. in the captain's chair with his Sexy eyes all. I mean, he was yeah. just like the fucking best. That was and the he's got best. his little his little captain's lean. Yeah, and yes. anyone else noticed? <laughs> Yeah, so good. He's just been but, like modeling himself off a of Riker this whole time. The way that he communicates during oh. that entire scene, it's like this man has power, authority, confidence, and like it was just unquestioned, unparalleled. Like y'all fucked yeah. up, you know. And he's gonna take you down. And then oh. he like attacks them and everything. He's not fucking around. It was really cool to watch. I really enjoyed that. And he still has the empathy because he's like, "Hey, if I was in your shoes, I'd be doing the same thing." But yeah. I've got to stop you. He had tact. He's so chill. And, He's exactly yeah, so how good. I would think Captain LaForge would be. Um, oh, so so good. But I have sins about all of all of the Challenger stuff. But later, okay. later. But yeah, Lavar also um, uh, directed this episode as well, which is really, really, really fun. Um, yeah, really. So really talented. Fun. He really is. Like I'm. I am not unconvinced. What's the word? I'm convinced that he pulled that performance out of um, Garrett Wang, um, Harry Kim. Like, just the rage. Like, there is some great directing going on there, I feel, where it's just the, the this dark Harry Kim that we haven't seen before, um, who does some of the darkest shit we've seen. Um, yeah, it's a great, great, great performance. Yeah. Um, did you have any, like, general questions, Danae, that you think you're going to, you need for, like, added context? Were there any relationship beats or kind of story beats that you thought, I'm missing something here, I don't get it? Um, there was a couple things that I was just like, what's that mean? Uh, and there's still some stuff that I enjoyed about the episode too. Um, so I guess I'll do like a twofer. I really enjoyed the Talaxian mm. fur fly. Let's just say that we don't often have a moment for taxidermy <laughs> within a show, but that was really great. And it shows Neelix's oddness. What else was Neelix going to do? Right. <laughs> like, episode, like Neelix needs to do something unexpected <laughs> and quirky. Let's give him yeah. a dead creature that he's been holding on to for God knows how long. Um, and we're going to, and, and we're going to give it for, for good luck. Um, At so least four years. I'm pretty sure he's the reason that the interstellar compulsion quantum slipstream drive doesn't work. Nice. <laughs> pretty sure. That's all because his fault. Yeah. It, it's all Things his do. fault. He it literally is like, they're all celebrating like this is going to be awesome. And he's like, guys, do I have the perfect totem for you? <laughs> Let me show you this really oversized fly bee mashup monstrosity that has been somehow preserved perfectly. And then and, and, like, and then they go and they hang it up somewhere and then the whole thing falls apart. So you know how the episode should have ended is like a Harry slow should've... zoom on the fly. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Harry should have turned to Janeway and said, but everything I did worked in this simulation. I don't know why it didn't work in reality. And then it just cuts to engineering, slow zoom on the fly. That's, yes. that's how the episode yes, ends. Yes, 100%. That's uh-huh. exactly it. Like oh, what, what should work is that future Harry sends back the coordinates for where the fly is on the ship <laughs> back to it. past Harry. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, what is going on here? And it's like emitting some sort of strange decomposing thing. I don't know. Anyway. That, that um, would absolutely be on brand. There is an episode of Voyager <laughs> where like Neelix poisons everybody. And there's some biological elements on the ship and he poisons them as well. 
because he purchased a really weird cheese that grew a fungus and he's like i nearly destroyed the ship so it's 100 totally on brand for okay. neelix's character yeah that but would absolutely of, happen one of my questions was i have i think i wrote down two questions this episode mm. um but the first one was when harry and chakotay are on the sh- frozen ship the very beginning they're like kind of down in there like walking around figuring it all out or whatever mm. um retrieving seven of nine and the doctor i think like chakotay says something like keep your comm badge open does that mean that whatever is said is just transmitted there's no like booping there's no booping yeah, link is open the entire time yeah how many times has that resulted in something interesting happening in in star trek history like how how many times has someone calm badge just been on inadvertently uh, excuse me sir i can hear you pooping right um, <laughs> that ha- th- yes to my knowledge i can't i'm usually pretty good at thinking of examples i can't great think idea of one for a show uh, sir you left that open i heard all of that conversation so it just seems strange to me because we already have a system that's always listening anyway because it's like the computer is mm-hmm. always there to sort of do whatever you need to do so it's googling alexaing doing the listening in thing mm-hmm. But then you also keep your combat open the whole time. I don't know. I guess there's times for it. But it just seems like... I think in like an emergency. It's like, like an energy drain situation. What kind of but, an emergency? Because it's... And then it's there. So I don't... I just don't understand why keeping it open is important. What if you like get kidnapped and you can't make any movements? Uh, what if you touch something and your hand freezes to a wall because... Exactly. Okay. And okay. then you have to like try and chin your... Try and chin the combat. <laughs> you just look... Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> That's actually probably part of their training for comm badges is like how uh, you're, you're like in your class, like, okay, well, what happens if I can't use my hands? Like, well, that's why we keep it up on the shoulder so that you can boop it with your chin. <laughs> exactly. Just, you can get there. You can do it. Just lick your comm badge. You do not want to lick a comm badge. You really, really don't. Okay. So um, I always thought that it, you'd put it like on your shoulder, but turns out that more and in addition to it being on like your shoulder area is it has to regulations would say be within chin booping distance as well. I think so, yeah. Because the general thing is that it's just above the left nipple, but I think it would have That's to too be far down. a lot higher up. Especially for, for a woman who's been breastfeeding. That nipple just it yes. sinks so much further down. That's a terrible, terrible it's a bad thing. Metric. It needs yeah. to be collarbone down, you know, like not at all yeah. based on nipple. Just No. It's fair. That's fair. They move around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Chin. It's gotta um, be the chin, because you have to be able to boop it. Yeah. Or it's just built into your ear. It's just like, or it's on your fingertips. You just like. Why are we combadging at all? This is the future. Yeah, this is the future. This is four hundred years in the future. Why do we still need cell phones? It's bizarre. And oh wait, everyone always hears. And like everyone, can everyone hear when like you're having a combadge conversation, or is it is it like auditorily only like yeah, how, uh, how? available to the person? Like it's just a great no, question. I, it comes out of the. There's a speaker on the combadge that it comes out of. And then, unless you're on the ship, and then it comes out of the combat or the speakers, depending on what's needed. The computer always knows exactly what's needed by mm. the person sending the message. That's insane to Very me. But at the that's, same that's time, the like can it. I tell you something I learned? Mm-hmm. This, guys, this is why it took so long for us to start our live show, is because I ha- I'm just telling so many stories today. Oh, it's the best. So, my friend and I recently went to Mexico. She went to go visit like an Aztec ruins where they had an old, like, I'll call it a basketball court. It was like a game that involved a basket and a ball. And they had like all this documentation about, I guess, 
what that would have looked like. Um, so they were telling the people who went to this Aztec ruins how this game worked. Mm-hmm. And there was a, like, it's kind of set down into the ground and the people who are observing are like up pretty high and down the court are these big circular like plates almost made out of um, uh, rock. And so the judge could say something and it would go and hit the rock and be amplified for the referees that were out there. So what I'm telling you is that surely there's a way in the future for a combat mm. to like aim audio specifically for the people and not have it be like speakerfied around everyone. If the Aztecs a long time ago could have someone standing at the end of a court and just talk regularly and have somebody on the other side hear it, certainly yep. Star Trek would be able to combat it directly to an ear. I'm just saying. This is what I 100%. think. 100%. Okay. Without a doubt. With, okay. Without a doubt. Um, the, I'm sure they should have the technology. Um, but it, it does make me laugh that the Chakotay's girlfriend is like, "Oh, this looks a bit old-fashioned." I was like, "It's <laughs> oh, 15 years. It. It's not. It's, it's not that. It's not that." The Challenger is older than Voyager. It just get over that stuff. Oh, I have a Huge big beef ass. with uh, Star Trek and like the way that like when people reference time. Like, uh, what's his uh, Tom Paris says in this episode? I think we built Netzel, and like that's a mm. it's a car. Like for I forget what time period, but I mean it's like uh, it, it's an old it's an old car that was like a, a piece of crap, but or I, I, I believe it, it was a bad car. But mm. like they are so many years in the future that like there has got to be so many other cultural references that would come to mind before quicker and Edsel because like that wouldn't be the first thing that came to mind. Like if one of us were thinking about it, like a bad car or like something yeah. to reference, <laughs> I had no idea what an Edsel was. So it's like we, they. <laughs> like the amount of knowledge to his first mind goes hundreds of years mm-hmm. into the past. Yeah. yeah. Well, this show does it too. And I think it's a sin too. I know we're not like to the sin section yet, but it does it too with like the Bonnie and Clyde reference that the doctor makes. It's like, has there been yeah. no other person, no other <laughs> duo in all this time? Timeless. Timeless. Like the episode. And I get it. Some of those things are just, they end up becoming timeless references, but. Yeah. I will, a slight, because we will get attacked, not attacked, but somebody will mention it. Tom is a automotive aficionado. He does actually, in his spare time, he does go into the holodeck and he rebuilds cars from the 50s and 60s. He is a bit of a grease monkey. He That is kind of part of his character. So of all of the people on the ship, I'm glad it was him that makes the reference, but they do do this all the time. There are still better things they could have referred to that we wouldn't know about because they haven't happened for us yet that he should be talking about. He yeah. should have called it like an Ensign Kim or something. I think we've built an Ensign Kim. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim's just like, dude, I'm standing right here. What, what do you mean? Right. Before we move into the sins, which I know we're all desperate to do, Daniel, any final thoughts on, on just why you love this episode? I don't think I have anything that's not that's not like a, a sin of sorts. So I guess I'll just. But can I ask a question then? Is that OK? Maybe you know how this works, Daniel. Do you know that moment when like they're 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 testing this they're testing the the interstellar compulsion quantum slipstream drive? I like saying that. Nice. And, uh-huh. Um and they go into the holodeck to test it, but then they mm-hmm. don't go into the holodeck to test the shuttle. Save doing it for it. the sins. I'm just no my question my question is could <laughs> uh-huh. they have or was that something I missed? Like is it because they were under a time crunch? Like could they have done that? I believe is there is, he does talk about the crystals deteriorating. So there's a time element yes. to it, mm-hmm. whether or not it 
they're they about the benamite crystals by the way they're the benamite crystals just so you know <laughs> so you're probably not wrong but they could, probably is a way to explain it away okay 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 I, yeah i still don't think we're talking about they're going to expire this afternoon <laughs> yeah, yeah they if they had time to run 23 simulations of the of the the of Tom's whatever his simulation was, they had time to run one or two with the shuttle before fucking it up. Um, huge, huge plot hole. Um, I've just got a couple of things. I just, I love Kim's explosion at the end when he's just like he's tapping away and just that like explosive yes, yes! that he just comes out of him that synchronizes with the warp core explosion. I don't know how if they like amplified his voice, but that like that echoes through time. I, I love that moment so so much. And this is also the moment where a younger version of Ian discovered what joined at the hip was actually referring to. Because Kim says that um they're having sex, and then the next line is, Yeah, yeah, they're joined at the hip. And just those two lines back to back made younger Ian realise, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> I thought joined at the hip just meant, yeah, they're always holding hands. They're always side by side. It does. But no, joined it does. at the hip. I mean, it's, it does mean both. You can do yeah. both. It doesn't always yeah. mean a sexual reference. Yeah. But that was a really funny scene when he's like, they're fucking. Yeah, they're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so not Harry Kim. But I'm like, oh, damn. You've, you've grown up. And, and what's guess... her name doesn't even react to it. Like, no. she, like <laughs> Just like, yeah, I tap that. <laughs> or something afterwards yeah, I don't maybe? Even... <laughs> or maybe it's because it's like he's like a medical doctor bomb. he's like oh that makes sense you know <laughs> like i don't know yeah. it was it was interesting bro kim and bro chakote bro Kote. um <laughs> right okay with that let's head over to engineering for us instance is futile and send some time travel people warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds Welcome to Engineering. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sim brains, remind ourselves that the no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Daniel, go first as our guest. Give us one of your biggest sins, whatever you want to, whatever bugs you about this episode. The one of the biggest ones for me is just how like things just like stop working and they're just like, we can't like, uh, what do they say? Like the emergency system's offline. It like, it just, it just stops working. It's like, and because it's not part of the plot or it's used as a device, we're not going to keep uh, trying to address that problem. There, nope. um, there was another one that was like towards the end. There was another one where, uh, oh, I can't shut down the drive. Yeah. Uh, Tom, oh, Tom Paris, I can't drive. shut down the yeah. drive. <laughs> that apparently okay. never happened in a simulation. He just can't shut it down. <laughs> nope. Yep. Nope. And it, it just shouldn't happen. Like so much should have to go wrong. There should always be a turn this shit off button. Or like an ejector, and nobody tries to get to the escape pods. No one tries to get off that ship. It's just, well, I guess this is my icy doom. If only we had transporters or something. Like it's it's insane that there isn't like there should be a a program on the ship that beams everyone into escape pods simultaneously, ejects them. That's your evacuation from the ship, or at least does it to a portion of the crew. You have five or six transporter rooms that are capable of beaming eight people at once couple seconds i guarantee it's faster than running to an escape pod yeah that does that, seem to be silly that brings me to another sin is the we're reading a planet like w in the middle of space <laughs> there's like and it's it's not that far it's like <laughs> yeah then it just scans over it's and there. it's like oh the one out the window <laughs> <laughs> oh 
that it huge is, thing? It's, it's insane. Like, in, space is big. Space is really, really big. And you might be thinking, hmm, it's kind of unlucky that we're landing on this planet. You have no idea how unlucky it is. And somehow that was a better choice. Uh, like, you would think that yeah. not hitting a planet would be would have been better. But for that some reason... a relief, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God there's this ice cube we can run into. Anyone read the Titanic? <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, Danae, your turn. Okay, well, um... I really like that moment when Chakotay and his girlfriend, which, by the way, I found to be an interesting kind of thing to have like on screen. They didn't really they didn't give it too much screen time. They didn't give it too little. I thought they did a really good job of just like, let's put in the idea of a new relationship that's going to have some loss by the success of going back in time or in this case, just being blown up and dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're like on a suicide mission, essentially. And um, at one point, they decide to go back down to the ship for reasons can't remember exactly why but they go down to the ship and they're hanging out and she's like don't suppose we have time for a tour and he's like (laughs) my quarters are messy i'm like is this the time to be thinking about boinking is wise cracking this isn't the time for that like yeah sure you want to go explore when you (laughs) there's just that just seems really out of place and there's so many dead bodies on that ship there's a like, that's like a weird. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's a weird place to be comfortable like, with that. Like Janeway's corpse is just over there. <laughs> Tom Paris like, okay. is on the ground, uh-huh. like surrounded by 140 of your dead friends. <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? Your buddy it's... is on the other mm-hmm. ship, and the doctor is holding the brain and the eyeball of your other buddy. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's go fuck. Like, why not? I mean, I nearly said exactly the same moment where she just says, "Are you okay?" As he sat on the bridge of his dead ship, surrounded by his dead friends, like no, no, I am not okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. do, I, I do love that the doctor is like, well, thanks for coming to rescue me, guys. I really appreciate it. And then it's like, nope, we didn't come to rescue you. We need your expertise. Sorry, doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'll just go back in the ice then. Yeah, it, that was a little bit, that was a little bit ill-timed. Man, I have so, so many sins for this, but I think. It's going to be, I think, oh man, it's the war crimes. So this episode is directly linked to the war crimes episode that Jonathan has mentioned a few times, which is hope and fear. So in that episode, the the crew come across a ship from Starfleet called the Dauntless, and it has like a message in it, and um, it has this slipstream drive, which is going to get them home really, really quick. But it's all been staged by an alien whose species was wiped out by Janeway when she made a deal with the Borg. And he's he basically is going to fly them into Borg space so that they can get assimilated as well. But they study the ship for long enough that they extract the slipstream technology from it, which is a real thing, and then install it into Voyager, which is why they have the slipstream drive now. So they're all celebrating and going, yay, when really the subtext is, remember that species we wiped out? We also have their technology, and that's going to get us home. The origin of the slipstream drive is so dark, and it's just, it is not addressed. This is the last remnant of a genocide that Janeway committed that is allowing her to get home. The crew deserves to die. It should have killed them. Holy shit! It's so fucking dark. (laughs) Like, my sin of that scene is like, do you know how hard it is to get glitter out of anything? Why are we... Especially Why are we core? right by the warp core just like <laughs> slamming open champagne bottles and th- flinging up? That was my sin for the moment, but holy shit. 
it's genocide. Good God. It is profiting off of the Nazis. It re- is all of the technology that, that came about like after World War II. Like, oh, it's fine. They work for us now. It's, Janeway is almost as bad. It's, it's, almost, it's almost funny when you just yeah. roll back and think, wait, why does the slipstream sound familiar? Oh, yeah, that's why. Oh, that's right. That's right. So funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that it is all of the ice is convenient. Like convenient ice, a convenient Borg on the crew frozen in ice that can travel through time and is preserved. Like if Voyager lands on any other planet, this doesn't work. Everyone's decomposed. Everyone's dead. There is so many layers of convenience that allow this plan to to pull off. It would it would have the what's it sinned out of it completely. Um, Daniel, any other sins? Oh, there's the the whole like uh, using one chip, a smaller sh- like following a smaller ship that has to transmit something back to the bigger ship. I didn't realize that had been how many times that had been done in Star Trek until <laughs> I watched this uh-huh. episode again because I had just recently, uh, like after uh, I yeah was it this week or last week I watched an episode of TNG where Picard does the same thing. He's like in a shuttle and there's like like dark matter or um or something and he he's like they has to send them like coordinates mm-hmm. so they can move the ship like in between these like sp- uh big like dark matter clouds or something like that and then i'm pretty sure that there was something in, in discovery that was very similar as well uh mm-hmm. that i saw an episode a few months ago but i don't remember what it was so it, like it, it, <laughs> it's it's i don't know it if they, a lot. it's definitely a cliche by now within the uh within the star trek mm-hmm. uh can you know it. what's going to solve this problem? This tiny little shuttle. You know, uh, my, it's like it's like they're skiing. The it's like they're ski. It's like Voyager is skiing behind a shuttle in a way, and it's like that doesn't yeah. seem like it makes any sense to me. I but just, maybe I it's because know. I'm thinking on like Earth terms, where skiing You're happens not on water. Originally, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, oh yeah, let's put this massive ship behind the teeny tiny ship. Like the bigger sin for me in that moment too is is how confident kim is that he's is it kim wait henry henry harry harry Henson, kim, yeah harry harry yeah i don't remember these people i'm sorry how it's harry's having like two first names as your this. last name is yeah i got this i'm gonna do this it's great and then he gets in there and he's just like derp 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 the sweat off of his brow he's like i don't know what i'm doing it's like well how have you not been mentally preparing for this moment like you've been promoted for a job that you're just not qualified to do you look out the back and this massive ship is skiing behind you just like right on your ass and you're just like you know what guys i changed my mind (laughs) just just say shut it down you know like why did it have to be pushing to failure but that again for me maybe that's the biggest sin for me is just that not pushing the show to accepting the fact that it didn't work how crazy yeah, would that what? ending be, <laughs> what? be cool. what? you Do gotta it. recast everyone in midway that's through the end season of the series. four that's it it just it's done it just ends right Man, there that would have uh-huh. been horrible that would have it would have voyager would have gone down as the worst star trek in history <laughs> if they died it would have been man i don't even know if star trek survives i i i that it would i kind of want to see it but it's it's insane uh, it's insane this on that point like i didn't even think about this but it's very much i, I whoever wrote that first was is just a, they ripped off rudolph the red-nosed reindeer they just they ripped <laughs> off santa claus like that's right it's it's guiding yeah. the sleigh like that, that's yeah. the whole that's the whole thing that's the whole thing <laughs> it's like if that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> Harry with your nose. And Santa and all the other reindeer were killed. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that children is why we don't have presents anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's why Star Trek never did a Christmas special because Santa and the reindeer would have died. Um, um, I did have conveniently decomposing Ben and Light crystals are conveniently decomposing because, of course, we need a time pressure on it. Because Chakotay's right. You hand that pad to any Starfleet engineer and they're like, no, y'all are insane. Like, don't, don't do this. This is, you have yeah. one ship. You are in so much trouble if this goes wrong. Uh, they have a 70-year journey ahead of them. Not Fuck anymore. Take, 60. Take, but take five years to research it. Take 10 years to research it. Like, do some due diligence. But no, Benonite crystals. Um, I don't know. And, and So Harry, Harry says it'll take months to to make more. Cool. Make more. Let Start it doing months. it now. Yeah. Like, months compared to years compared to blowing up the ship. Like, I know he's eager yeah. to get home, but... Yeah, that's it's, a failure on part of, of Janeway that is not addressed in the yeah. episode either, is that she totally let let him do this. Yeah, that was her decision. It wasn't Give Kim's. me the flight plan and she okays it. I was like, okay, Captain, what makes you an expert on quantum tunneling? Like, what? <laughs> Run yeah. through the computer. Like, why are you getting the final say on this? Um, I think this episode uh, really pushes in on when the, the writers sit down and I can see them saying, we want to see... We want our audience to feel like there's progress towards getting home. We want them to see yeah. us using this technology that we have instead of avoiding it. Let's use it. But we're not ready to end the series yet, so it can't be successful. Mm -hmm. But wasn't there a way to make it be like like closer to successful? You know, 10 years is still, I guess, a little bit better. But was there a way to do it where it didn't ask us to consider... <laughs> You know, just an entire timeline being either created uh -huh. and then dissolved or existing without or what, whatever, like whatever happened there that they didn't explain at all. Because as Daniel said earlier, like Janeway is just like, you just we're not going to think about that. And guys, um, it's, that, wait, she it's said, that one episode memory thing. My advice yeah. for attempting to explain temporal paradoxes or something yeah. is don't even try. And then it's like. But, but you just made this episode. <laughs> like you yeah. just you just made us try, and now you're saying, but don't think about uh -huh. it too much. And I feel like I, I don't it's know. A look to camera. What would be really interesting is to like pan away from this timeline and then figure out how to pan back into a different timeline, like or, or have the the note sent back to bef even before. Like, why not try to just go back and doopy doopy doop and send a different message besides just like dissolve the dissolve the so slipstream entirely i don't know because he's he has such a small amount of time if he sends the message too far back they're going to question it they're going to be Great. like we can't we can't confirm that this came from the future we're going to oh, ignore oh, it did. and we're just going to go they, home they sure did but because he coded it, his own shit right in there yeah, he's like it's, by the way this is from me this is the date and here's a personal message from me hi me <laughs> i fucked but, up yeah, it's Star Trek though, because they they would they would have mulled over that that message for for years or okay. months, right. like to no no I'm, I'm agreeing completely with you, Danae. Like oh, I, I don't think right. that I don't think that like yeah. them just like writing it off is like a good excuse because like if they're this desperate to to take this chance, like if you send it to them a year ahead of time, like they're going to be like try to authenticate that like they're gonna run mm. maybe instead of 23 simulations probably thousands like they're mm. going to they're going to work the problem still and they're not going to just like think of all the other like even the uh the other episode you're referring to where they they basically get duped by this person by this 
alien into oh, thinking open fear, yeah. Yeah. Like if they're if they're willing to take those chances, like they're definitely gonna mm-hmm. take a chance on this message that's giving them pertinent information. Like so like mm-hmm. I, I had that written down too when he's just like he said just the right moment. It has to be just the right moment. It's like uh, no. no, the doctor's still right. Like you, <laughs> yes. you don't need four minutes. How about four days? Or I like send this to them before they even get to the to the Delta Quadrant. Oh my goodness! <laughs> stop them from no. Yes, oh, that's no. the that's what I'm saying. Is like when do you go back to fix the problem? Like if Kim, if if oh, Harry wait. Henry Sorry. doesn't care at all and he just wants to undo a problem, like why not undo the problem of? ever going into Starfleet in the no, first it's place. it's got to be but... when Seven of Nine yeah, is on board. That. Okay. Seven joins them midway so, through the mission. So what if Seven he didn't? What if he sends them. it to the Borg? Like, that'd be weird. There you go. Hey. I don't even know. <laughs> don't even know what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> the Borg just turned up on Earth. Oh, fuck. So yeah. I, I, dis- I, I agree with Harry's logic of it's got to be in the moment so that they don't have time to think about it. It's just, okay, cause correction, let's go. However... I do agree with you guys because he's completely, and the show is completely misunderstanding the butterfly effect, which is what we're talking about here, is that an act in the past will change the future. All he has to, that first course correction he makes creates a new timeline because Voyager jumps out at a different point. Mm -hmm. They jump out later than they should have done by seconds. And even by seconds, it doesn't matter. He just has to send a message or something that makes them pause to think and even delay by one day. Yeah. And that creates a new timeline. Yeah. Like he shouldn't have had a second chance to send so that message two, back. He created two new ones essentially. There's just like this little branch going kind of happening. Who, yeah. I, I actually thought that the first time I, I thought there was gonna be like a little bit of a writer's twist going on. So the very first time he sends it back, um Chicote and and he uh, stay in their shuttle and they get kicked out. Uh, they they're like mm. they're going down. So they're gonna end up back home. Um, and then Janeway and the crew are headed towards the planet and they start to crash and it cuts to commercial. And I'm just thinking, oh, I wonder if the, the information he sent was actually how to survive on this planet. So <laughs> that yeah. way, no, that makes, yeah, that way they're like, they, they, they can, ha- they change their course correction so that the crash didn't crash them as hard or something oh, like that's what I thought man, was going to happen so them. that. Right, so then they get back to now time, and the now time starts to go to try to figure out how to get them out of, because now two of the people made it back. And I thought that maybe those two people weren't going to be on the show as much anymore, and maybe the show would split and have some in, like, you know, working with the Starfleet, and then some would be still trying to get back home kind of a situation. That's That's what I thought was going to happen, but that is not not what happened at all. No, that is not what happened. So, I mean, it does come back to this one-episode memory thing of... Today, we can't help but think about serialized stuff. And even Lower Decks it ha- and Strange New Worlds, it has undercurring themes. I don't think you make a TV show nowadays that doesn't remember its own episodes. Vo- Voyager, even though it had one single mission, it didn't refer back to a lot of its own stuff. So this timeless thing is never mentioned again. The fact that time travel is a thing, Harry Kim killed everyone. Next week, it's la la la. Let's go see what's mm. happening with Tuvok in his quarters because he's had a dream. Like, it's still suffered from we're allowed to do anything we want in this 45 minutes to some degree because as long as we hit the reset button by the end of the episode, everything's fine for next week. And we almost don't worry about people watching it and reanalyzing it in 2023. Um, but nowadays, you always have to think of the wider implications. Yeah. And 
you, I don't think you have an episode like this unless you refer back to it and say, wow, the timeline's pretty fucked now, isn't it? I think there might have been a fear with like serialized uh, storytelling mm-hmm. just like because we are like they weren't as accessible. So it's like you could miss yeah. a week or two weeks and it's like you weren't going to get that episode until like you bought it on like the dvd or, or yeah i think that was dvds then so yeah. you you probably would have could have lost people just like in that <laughs> in that in that world where people were like what is yeah. even going on in this episode yeah. they just don't watch the show they just don't watch the show again no yeah, yeah you're right we can do different things with our storytelling now because of how people access the media and that's part of what's fun about watching the shows that were created in a different time when entertainment was presented completely mm. different. You know, now someone can sit there for a weekend and binge your entire series. Yeah, <laughs> and, oh my goodness. And so you can take some risks because someone doesn't, and then it becomes a thing that you talk about, like wait until you get to episode five and then everything changes. You don't start with episode five because it's airing live on TV, unless you're watching YouTube TV. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they you know, just do that to you, yeah. which which you can still watch live TV, and it is a very interesting experience uh, to to do so. It's like a little flashback reminder of how things used to be, but that is important to take into into mind whenever we're you know looking yeah. at these kinds of things because I we do have like more of a modern storytelling desire now. Like I want to dig deeper into some stuff like oh, kill, but I'm not I'm not tied to these people either. I'm like kill them all. I don't care, kill you know. But I'm. <laughs> <New timeline. laughs> I, I love, because but that's the great thing about Star Trek is that it makes you want to explore more. Like there's not a, there's forty five minutes is not long enough to do yeah. this concept justice. Um, yeah. Somebody in the chat earlier said this could have been like a three part like episode series. I was like, hundred percent, it could have easily been a two part. It would have been. It's yeah. It's oh, I I love it. Time travel. I love it. Um, my last big sin, other than hey, how do we show that the slipstream drive is fancy? We give it yellow and green lights for some reason. Um, my. <laughs> My big, big sin was Captain Geordie LaForge because the man's an engineer. Like, he wasn't on the command path. Like, you I never don't know. know. That... You don't know what happened. It is possible that it's he changed totally careers. Possible. But... Don't you fucking question Geordie LaForge, the captain. I'm just saying, we haven't seen, we've seen him in the command role occasionally, but his desire has always been engineering. That's been his until, passion. Until, you know, uh-huh. something happened 15 years ago, you know? Just saying. It's it's interesting. It's also odd that we have a 26-year-old ship chasing down the Delta Flyer when Jakoto's girlfriend is like, oh man, this 15-year-old ship is really out of fact. The Galaxy-class ship is 26 years old yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah, but like you said, he's an engineer, so he gets the shit stuff to prove himself. <laughs> God damn right, it. Why are they only sending one ship? If this is changing the entire fucking timeline... Because he's so badass, he doesn't need any help. God God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The challenger should not be doing this mission, is what I'm saying. Okay, right, here we go. Why isn't Geordie on the bridge? Geordie's like in some fucking office somewhere, because you don't see the bridge. You just see him Mm -hmm. in a chair in his office. I I have the answer. They couldn't get onto the set of the Enterprise, that's why. (laughs) Do it. He had Mm -hmm. just gone to the bathroom. You know, he had a, he had to answer quickly. He just had a quick poo, and he just jumped into the closest chair that looked professional that was yeah. not his poo seat. And that's some yeah. that's sometimes how it goes. Amazing! It's bullshit. It's nonsense. Right, Daniel? Any more sins before we wrap this up and delete this timeline forever? I'm just saying, Harry's a bit of a dick. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's a bit of a dick to everyone. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's he's he is a dick to an entire through, timeline. Yeah. He is working He's, through some trauma. Apart from uh, the uh, very monotone, they're having sex. That he says <laughs> is also is also when the doctor's like Ensign. He's like, I go by Harry now. Like yeah. he's just, he's just being, now. being an asshole so hard for like no no reason. <laughs> it's so funny. I want to introduce oh. my friends like that at some point. Just like they're having sex. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. He is. He's he's kind of one of those characters, though. But I think it was kind of interesting. He must be so jarring from his normal character. I yeah. get the impression that they were just trying to like really push him into a different like direction. Um, mm. But that's just an assumption that I'm making based on you know what I saw that they took someone who's usually maybe like more calm and kind, oh, and then, then they just turn him into a complete yeah. asshole. Yeah. He's so it must be really jarring. Dealing with a lot of things, like his personality is. has shifted. I like how at that one point where he was kind of like raging on his therapist, he's like, I know survival, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> survival guilt. Yeah, bullshit. Da, 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 Therapy da, da, da. sucks. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm killing um, everyone in the timeline to do with my own fucking issues. Nobody asked me any questions. Chakotay's in. His girl that he's banging is in. She's willing to die. <laughs> we, because they're just so in love and this is what we're doing. And the doctor's like, okie dokie. <laughs> okay, let's go. I do actually have one more sin now that we've mentioned the doctor. Should he be helping them? Because he's a computer. He's a computer. He's a program. Yes, he's complicated. But at his base programming, shouldn't it be do no harm? <laughs> like, he's mm. a doctor. Technically, like, Seven of Nine was dead when he does all the harm to her. You know, technically, it was just an autopsy at that point. Yeah, so he didn't do the harm timeline? to her. You the know, timeline. He's yeah. killing everyone in that timeline. Everyone. Like, I just felt like the Starfleet programming in him should be like, error, do not compute, must not help him. There's got to be something in there that's just like, yeah, let's make sure he's never convinced into doing this. Yeah, I mean, but he has to be there because if he's not there, then the doohickey can't have the extra battery thingamajigger that it needs. All of that. That's correct. Exactly. To to transmit the whatchamacallit. I don't know why they had to steal the Delta Flyer other than it's a ship that we know. Because the Delta Flyer is also 15 years old. To get to the the Voyager ship, they had to steal a ship. Maybe they just had to steal the easiest one that they could get to. That's what I mean. Why is that the easiest ship to steal? It's fucking old at this point. It should be in a museum. Any warp-capable ship would have got them there. I don't know how the Delta Flyer was. You think 15 years in a ship would be in a museum? So the, the, the original Enterprise, they mothball after 20 years because it's too old. Wow. That's the only scope that I have. God, my Jeep is so old in my co- in my garage right now. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm driving that thing that's like a, like a yeah. 20-year-old vehicle and it's still puttering along. <laughs> like here they uh-huh. are just like, let's just destroy ships that have been out for a decade. Yeah. In Connecticut, Wasting you get a classic you, car plate after I think 20 years or something like that. Oh, so. that's cool. <laughs> for humans, we're just called geriatric. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Right. Well, that is everything, I think, unless anyone has any final thoughts. No, I think that's it for me. Nope. Amazing. Well, thanks, Daniel. We'll definitely have to have you on again. You picked a great episode this is for a great discussions. Episode. It, it's so, so fun for all of its fucked up attitude. <laughs> um, yeah. Anywhere you want to point people to come and chat and talk about timelines and shit? <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any place right now. Um, if, uh, Here's his address. We'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah. <laughs> Write me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to our CinemaSins P.O. Box in Nashville. It'll eventually get its way to to Daniel. (laughs) It must only be parchment and uh, using a quill. Uh, Otherwise, it will not be read. 
Wow. And it must be a message from 15 years from now saying, well done, you avoided um, a disaster. I genuinely feel like somebody would take you up on that. And so um, just for funsies, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the P.O. box. If you want to write a quilled message to Daniel, you can eat, you can send that <laughs> via mail that that involves using like a, you know, like a little stamp and a such. Mailbox. So All email right. box, P.O. box 92466. That's Nashville, Tennessee, 37209. You can just address it to CinemaSins care of daniel and it will get to him nice. parchment quill that's all that's it just keep that in mind <laughs> if that's all that's sent it's just empty <laughs> invisible ink it has to be an invisible ink as well mm-hmm. oh shit no you're that that, you didn't say that da- it's, it's yeah. daniel's standards daniel, daniel? uh pressure. The invisible ink might be too much like is, is it gonna oh. be like national treasure where i gotta like get like lemon juice and like heat <laughs> yeah. it up in the oven <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of squares <laughs> amazing Right, well, with that, next week, it'll be the same time, same place in theory, around about, um, if you want to join us live on Twitch, on the CinemaSins Live Twitch channel, and on YouTube Live as well. Be roughly 12.30 um, Central. And we're going to be watching next week, what I promised we would be watching two weeks ago, um, The Measure of a Man. So we're getting very, very, very close to Picard Season 3. So we're going to carry on with some data thoughts and watch this incredible episode that, yeah, I think is going to it's going to get to know you in all of the fields. But until next week, uh, I'm going home and I don't care if all it takes is killing everyone I care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, we're talking to yesterday from me. And um, this timeline only exists because I made a mistake 15 years ago. <laughs> oh. oh no! Oh no! Live long and potsper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through Captain's Pod at Cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit Cinemasins.com. It's time to start the music. It's time there's lights and shit. It's time to get on the starship. It's time to bother the captain. It's time to do the thing. Most sensational, observational, monkey spational. Da 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 da. This is my new hub that I got, so I can nice. plug a whole bunch of shit into this and not have and not be without ports any longer. Yeah, beautiful. Look how big and bulky and chunky and wonky it is. I love it. There's so much in there. So I love that. I'm going to plug it in later on today and see how it goes. I'm not going nice. to do it during the show. I promise. Don't mess anything up. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to be tempted you are, though, to are do you? that. You are. Are you in engineering on this ship? <laughs> <laughs> the short answer is we'll no. Just, we'll just say that Danae's in the Jeffrey's tube for the rest <laughs> of the episode. 100%. Yes. She got and lost. I'm like just ripping stuff out. <laughs> Quit it! Stop touching the cables! Can I tell you a terrible quick story? Mm-hmm. So, um, Ian, I don't think you've heard this one. So, Aaron and I met when we were doing live radio. I've heard this one. And... Is this your knee? Yeah. Yeah. And so, there was this... I would regularly get up and move around because it was just a lot of sitting and I was just... I needed to move. And so, some days I would just lay on the ground and stretch. And I would look up underneath the broadcast table and there was all this stuff that was underneath there, wires and stuff. And I just, I looked at them and they weren't connected to anything. They're just hanging down and they would hit my knees whenever I would be broadcasting. So just without thinking, 
I started to just like, as I was doing live radio, I would just grab one and I'd fiddle around with it and I would just pull it out. <laughs> so. I just, I cannot, I can't fathom <laughs> the, the logic behind doing that. <laughs> it's, there is no logic. I was being chaos like monkey. just full chaos, childlike energy that has, an, like it, there is no excuse for it, except for I was mm-hmm. just like, this clearly doesn't go to anything and it's bothering me. And rather than talk to an engineer or my boss about what we can do to get a cover yeah. or yeah. lower my seat or whatever, I'm just going to take care of this myself. One day the en- the engineer comes in because the engineer comes in like every quarter just to like make sure everything's working well. And he was like, so what happened underneath here to all my wires? Oh no. And everyone was like, what? And I just sort of like fade into the background, like like Homer into the bush. Uh-huh. And I said, I uh I may have plucked them all just delicately out of there. He's like, Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> I yeah, said, They uh-huh. were they're poking my knee. And he's like, Okay, well, don't do that again and we'll make sure it doesn't get poked. Like I I don't think it did anything major, but it was more like maybe it was there for reference or something. Man, I just pulling cables oh, out with it. Oh, was was Aaron so embarrassed? Aaron was. Aaron is perplexed by me on many levels, and I totally understand it. <laughs> that was one of the most mindless things I've ever done in my adult yeah. life. I'm embarrassed by it, but at the same time, it's like I did that, so I I don't want to like pretend like I didn't do that. But I I was just mindlessly down there, just like da, 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 just unraveling. Well, that makes for a great story. Does it? <laughs> Does it? I'm watching a commercial about skin rashes. Isn't that delightful? Oh, it's um, these targeted ads are the best, aren't they? They know yeah. you so well. They just see me over here just scratching. Yeah, practically a vidian. Such a great opening to me, just like seeing the ship under the ice. Mm-hmm. Because you're just yeah. like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, huh? It's more like a, uh, how uh-oh. the heck did that happen? <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh, no. It's one of my favorite cold opens. Hey, 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 you see what I did there? <laughs> Uh, Wait, cold, cold open. Cold, cold. Oh, is that going to be the actual cold, cold open of the show too? Um, because no, that would so be like a thing within from... a thing within a thing. Oh, it really would. Yeah, it would be like layers and to, layers okay, and layers. I'm going to have to make this joke in the show because I pulled the cold opens from the show. Okay. Okay. So right. Laugh again. We should. We should yeah. probably stop. We have one. You mean me? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Daniel, do you know who Badgie is? Uh, no, I do not. Have you? You haven't seen Lower Decks? Have you? Yeah. No, have you I seen haven't it? seen yet. Okay. That's probably. Mm. I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen Prodigy. Are the only two I haven't seen in the. How would you feel if I told you that Badgie was a murdering, <laughs> was like a, an insane murdering murder hobo? <laughs> um. <laughs> I would checks out. Be, now, now I'm very curious. I'm more curious about the show than I was before. Uh, I didn't. I don't know how you get there from any place in the Star Trek universe. But, well, you're uh, gonna love Lower Decks then, because you'll be saying that every episode. Nice hat, Ian. Where might somebody have procured one of those? This is my hair. No, this, this is Sin Week 22. Your hat. This is just my hair. No. <laughs> is there a way we could get a hat that just looks like Ian's hair? Now, now that that's been put into the universe, like it says, Sin Week twenty twenty three, and it's just it's just, it's Ian's, just like Ian's the, the, the peak, or like the the visors with the with the hair coming up through it. 
That's got to work. Yeah, that's a that's I'm a sure thing. That everyone we can wants do that. that. <laughs> yeah, made out of a thousand eyelashes. <laughs> really, really quick. I probably should have done this at the top of the show. Um, but hey, you're going to get it in the outtakes instead. Voyager is in the Delta Quadrant. Um, because in episode one, it was flung across the galaxy by an alien called the Caretaker, um, who was basically picking species at random to find out if any were genetically compatible to be a host to continue its life. And it basically it needed a host that would continue to look over this species of aliens called the Ocompans. It knew it was going to die and it needed somebody to take its place. So it would just pull ships at random and then fuck them off. And it was like, you guys don't work, away you go. Um, selfishness is the answer. Super selfishness. And, and also Voyager, selfishness in this episode too. So it's just selfishness all everywhere. Selfishness. All of the selfishness. We're just spewing it. Um, so the caretaker does die, but then there's another group of aliens that are going to use his space station to basically kill the Ocompans or something like that. So Janeway has to blow it up and that's their only way home. So then they have to take the long way home instead. Yeah, and here's one from Link for you, Daniel. Who is your favorite Star Trek character? Oh, wow. Um, that's difficult. Because I, I feel like I appreciate so many of them like in different ways. Mm. But um, in this moment in time, I actually enjoy the new Spock a lot from Strange New <gasps> yeah! World. Yeah. Yes. I, I He's say, so nice. fucking great. Get it. I, yeah, I just think that, I, I forget the actor's name. Is it Ethan? Ethan Peck. Ethan Peck. Oh, yeah. my God. He, he just, oh. like, uh, his yeah. presence as as Spock is like so spot on and I enjoyed the uh the the Kelvin timeline um I can't remember Zachary Quinto yeah I enjoyed him as Spock as well but I I think that Ethan Peck really nailed it so that's so good he's incredible he's he's just his line delivery is incredible he's my first Spock really that's all yeah well I guess no I I guess technically I saw a movie was it the Kelvin timelines yeah Zachary Quinto with Chris Pine yeah 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 so I saw that guy is as Spock, but I didn't. I didn't really. It wasn't like wow. Whereas mm. this Spock, I'm like, I am in love with that guy. <laughs> he is amazing. He is. Not only is he, is he beautiful, but he has this beautiful voice, and like, I like how he's conflicted, and mm. his acting is incredible. Of course, I just love Strange New Worlds. I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit obsessed with Strange New Worlds. Like. It's ruined Picard for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah I, I would that. like to say though, I think that, uh, like, I think that he's great as Spock because I believe that Leonard Nimoy set uh, such a high bar. I would like mm. to say that I, I yeah. don't want to, I don't want to overshadow that performance. No. But I think that no, no, he, no. he he set the bar so high that if you're coming as Spock, you have to bring it. So yeah, totally agree. Um, fake snow says Lloyd on YouTube is sometimes damp shredded paper. God, mm. that must smell so weird. Oh, feel weird. I can kind of smell that. I can smell paper mache right now, but I know that's glue also, but still. Um, I like the implication that the doctor turned himself off before the ship crashed in a potential crisis. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. He just like, yeet. <laughs> Shit's going bad. Computer deactivate program. My sin is that this lady is super into wanting to erase the last 15 years of her life for no real reason other than I love you, Chakotay. It's insane. Like, is that how the, the relationship started? We know nothing about why she's on board with this. It's, it's they so have insane. a secret. They have a very dark secret. And they don't want to yeah. deal with it. 
They want to delete this timeline. <laughs> this like, is, they yeah, they need nasty. out. <laughs> Um, Dragon said technically this version of Kim isn't even the original Kim because of that alt universe episode where the Vindians tried to capture them. So maybe inside Voyager itself, there's an episode where there was another time travel oh, thing. Shit. So this no, is a new version of Kim. So there's, yeah, there's a, there's, this is an early episode where there's Voyager finds a distress call from itself and eventually works out that there's some weird time loop shenanigans going on and there's two two different there are two voyages from that are like parallel one of them's getting the shit beaten out of it so much and they long story short have to help each other but one of them has to blow up and the original harry kim dies so the harry kim from the other voyager joins the ship and it's so this really is a totally up. different one I completely forgot about that yeah wow. it's called, wow oh what's that what's, deadlock the episode's called deadlock and it's yeah it's like season two or something or maybe season Eesh. one but it's like the original it's actually the the our voyager is the one that gets destroyed um and so it's uh, it may actually be that harry kim is the only original surviving crew member and all of the others are alternate people but it's the same timeline it's just branched off yeah it's deadlift dead deadlift Deadlock is a great episode. Just imagine you're Starfleet. You're you're a counselor in Starfleet. You know, you're a psychologist or whatever, and you're counseling all these people who go out to space and have these insane <laughs> things happen and then come back and need to di digest it. I and can't Harry, understand this story. And Harry walks in and he's like, I killed everyone, but also they were already dead anyway. And <laughs> yeah, I was already... Matter. He's like, yeah. I don't know what matters anymore. And he's just totally this broken man. Like, I want that series. It's wild. It's, yeah, it, that would be great. Uh, here's one from Jagged. CinemaSins Live. Joined at the hip means inseparable. Two people who are so close that they are almost considered one person. The idiom joined at the hip appeared in the 1960s in American English. It is assumed that it stems from the phenomenon of conjoined twins, formerly known as Siamese twins. It's a sex thing. It's, it I don't not. care what the... It's a sex thing. <laughs> joined at the hip means joined at the penis and vagina. Like, it's that's exactly what it means. That's the hip. That's the pelvis. It's near the hip. It's hip adjacent. <laughs> you try and do that without hips touching at some point. You're not listening to what the chat has clearly gone to look I'm up. I'm listening. I reject that reality and substitute my own. <laughs> I love that the, the chat is exploding right now. It's like, how are you sexing, Ian? Like, how are you sexing? Just do it. Ian, where is your penis? That's none of your business. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here's a question from Link. Why didn't they try to warp away from Jordy? Um, uh, I think there's a point where the the delta flyer is more maneuverable at impulse so the challenger can outrun them at warp but can't keep up with them at impulse because it can like fly around and do all of the, like, the stuff i mean everything we see on screen is that they're running in a straight fucking line yeah. but in theory at impulse smaller ships are more maneuverable i think if i'm being generous that's the logic okay what about this question voyager has beamed the whole delta flyer into the voyager why can't geordie just do that uh, yes absolutely could <laughs> but shields and stuff and modulating things it's what daniel was talking about earlier like because yeah. that's not the point of the plot of this episode because because reason. we wouldn't be able to wreck the timeline is the answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh here's a one from josh there who says remember the scene in beyond where the franklin was surfing on the wave of mm. crawl's drones 
while blowing them up with VHF noise, aka sabotage. That was such an awesome shot. I, do, I don't know. I love it. Yes, it's, yeah, it, it's so good. They do. I feel like that was a divisive moment, wasn't it? In the in terms of Star Trek, like some people did not like that at all, and I thought it was one of the funnest like Star Trek things I had ever seen. <laughs> It's so much fun. And just Chris Pine is just sitting in the moment, just like, great song. Yeah. It's so good. It's such a great moment, such a unique way to like be a bad guy as well. Beyond was just like, what, whatever, who cares? Everyone knows this is a different universe. Let's just have fun. Uh, I love Beyond for that. See, the immediate reaction was a bit eh, but over time, Beyond is, is gaining a lot, of, a lot of love. A whole lot of love. While we were talking about Jordy uh, LaForge's career path, Jagged points out in 15 years he didn't change his career path. Maybe the destruction of the Voyager, maybe the destruction of the Voyager inspired him to become a captain. What the fuck does he care about Voyager? He doesn't know anyone on that ship. He don't That's know. bullshit. He no. they, take, they don't know what happened to Voyager because, like, the Delta Flyer makes it back to Earth. Yeah, they gave up, and they have no idea what happened to Voyager. So it, it I mean, maybe the search for Voyager, per, like propelled him into becoming a captain but yeah maybe mm-hmm. i'm not buying but it. then i feel like he like um it probably would have been the relationship to harry would have been different like You'd if yeah. he had spent any time like looking for the ship yeah. i agree no i agree i agree here's a question from kachar is the doctor hollow mm. or does the hollow projection also include all the inner stuff to make him tick this is a great question because you do see mm. him be patted on the shoulder and he is a solid being. And I, mm. I think I remember that he's like, this is the, t- the technology that allows a holodeck simulated person to kind of move around in an environment because he's wearing something on his shoulder that keeps him right. activated so that he can actually be present. And then depending on the, the need, like you can alter it to where he's solid but then he's potentially able to be destroyed but i can't remember that part because this came up in picard as well all of the members mm. of the ship what was the ship's name the oh, one the, the, the red one La behind you yeah yeah that one has similar things where there's the like their security protocol I remember popped up once on picard mm. and it was like they're all holodeck until they don't need to be holodeck anymore because the technology has advanced somehow there is an episode in something I forget, but it is, I mean, because you can, they physically interact with all the, uh, mm-hmm. like, objects and people on the holodeck. So it is, like, I forget what how it's explained, but there, I think there's a holodeck episode where they may give some technical mumbo-jumbo explanation yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Doctor can choose. He can choose whether he's, whether things can pass through him or whether he has physical you can touch him. It's all mm. force fields and whatever. They don't fully explain it, but when he needs to pick up a hyperspray, yes, he ha- he can. He has physical forms. But if someone's going to swing a punch at him, he, then he can go. He can be just light and stuff. And it's funny when his program glitches because he'll pick up like a tray of yeah. something. There'll be a power surge, and then he'll like shudder, and the tray will fall through his fingers, and he's like, "This is so inconvenient." <laughs> <laughs> just pick it up again. So the hollow emitter is unsurprisingly it's technology that came from the future. So yes, for it's, reasons. It's from the year three thousand. Um, so thousand exactly, um, and that allows him to leave the ship. It's a portable hollow emitter. So usually holograms have to be where there is a hollow emitter, but this allows him to go wherever he wants. But he has to stay solid because it has to hold on to something. So while he's wearing that, he's always a solid thing 
And there you go. Makes no more sense, but... Oh, shit. Screw you, Nick. Nick just proved me wrong. Yeah, you're right. What did he do? So Nick just said that in that episode where he gets the the mobile emitter and they, they they go back in time to 1995 he gets shot with bullets and they go through him i don't understand why that works in other words you've come here for all of the answers to star trek questions and yet you leave with more yeah the problem is star trek isn't consistent move on i would i, I could give a, a slight answer for that because like for him to allow matter to pass through him the the entire structure doesn't need to become uh not mm. solid uh, Ooh, so like, like you can kind of choose yeah so it's like if his legs are mm. solid then like you can kind of what is that like like uh, vision in marvel sort of oh yeah, yeah exactly. Ooh. also why would the doctor He's care OP. if he gets shot take the bullet <laughs> what's gonna happen that is another question yeah why didn't they just like bounce off him if he's just like force yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah that's really strange we don't know we don't Created understand a hazard it. by letting those bullets just fly wherever they were going Right, somebody else. ricochet is an issue. <laughs> just, oh my god, just hit somebody behind. Like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll meet me in sick bay. I'll take care of that for my you. Bad. Yeah. Oops. Why yes, I still record on my ancient recording devices. Because why upgrade when the dinosaur still works just fine? Get off my lawn!